Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I am joined by Eric Lascelles, uh, the Chief Economist at RBC Global Asset Management. Now, uh, I know some of you became uh, very happy that uh, Eric was a regular guest on this program. We've since gone to, uh, to some other guests because Eric is so prolific. Uh, if you uh, if you follow him on Twitter, and he is an amazing follow on Twitter, I highly encourage you to do that. And also, if you go to the RBC Global Asset Management website, there is all kinds of written and video content uh, featuring Eric. And I and I always encourage you to do that. It's nice to see uh, see the person uh, instead of just hearing their voice. But because we've talked so much on this podcast with different investment managers about the seeming disconnect between what we're seeing in markets, which have recovered significantly from their lows in late March, and where we are today, I thought it would be a really good idea to bring Eric back to to take a look at where we are with the resurgence of COVID in some parts of the U.S. and and really where where the economy is relative to what markets are, are telling us economies are at. So so Eric, with 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 that tee up, what what are you seeing? Right. Well, you're certainly right in saying that uh, not all parts of the world are on a happy recovery trajectory, at least from a COVID-19 perspective. I I do want to start by saying many countries still are. In fact, most of the developed world does still look fairly good, including Canada, in terms of declining intensity of transmission and declining death rates and and ultimately a a rebounding economy as well. And so let's not forget about that part, which is quite good. But it is fair to say when you look at the global numbers, we have more global cases per day now. It's mostly an EM uh, and a U.S. story. And so we all care quite a lot about the U.S. in particular, I suspect. And so that's been a frustrating experience. It seems like they reopened maybe too soon, but maybe more importantly, just too much in terms of what they allowed. And unfortunately, they're now being forced to go a little bit into into retreat right now. And uh, and when we look across the the 50 US states, the majority actually are now suffering a a rising number of cases. But I will say this, you know, there's not a lot of clarity in terms of when the second wave peaks, but I personally think it could be over the span of the next month. I don't think it has to be months and months and months from now. Initially, we were a bit skeptical. We weren't sure given the politicization and some of the ideologies at play that we could see some of these particularly southern states reverse course the texas and florida type of examples and yet to some extent at least they have we are now seeing more mask orders in those states we are seeing bars broadly closed and restaurant usage more limited and i'll be perfectly honest it is an open question whether that's enough whether that that might i'm reasonably confident that's enough to stabilize the infection rate but i think when you're clicking along at 10 or 15,000 infections a day in some of these states you'd probably like to do more than just stabilize we'd like to see it actually come down and that might yet take another round of activity but we're looking very closely and arizona for instance might be starting to peak already i could yet be proven wrong by the way on that but it sort of looks that way in the the hospitalization and the infection data and so i wouldn't be surprised if we started to see things flatten out and maybe get a little bit better but nevertheless it's left the us economy behind uh, and so we had this happy recovery from call it mid-April through to late June. And that's continuing in places like Canada. And it's a, a wonderful thing. Uh, we think it's it's basically going into reverse for a month or two in the US. And it just means the recovery gets, gets pushed further out into the future. But I, I do still think it can be managed in the US. And let's not forget, we're still getting fairly exciting advances from a, 
a medical and scientific perspective as well. And, and actually, really, one of the, the, the great, happy silver linings in a pretty grim affair uh, is that both at the global level and the U.S. level, you're seeing records set in terms of the daily infections, which isn't good at all. Uh, but the fatality figures have not, to the same extent, been setting records. In fact, broadly, they've been lower than they were in April. And there are a few drugs that significantly reduce uh, the risk uh, and, and simultaneously some better medical practices. Also, younger people getting infected more. They're the ones maybe moving around with a little bit more freedom. Uh, and so on all those counts, uh, I do think this can be and will be controlled. So Eric, the, 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 the market rebound though has been so strong and, and, and is, is that just a case of so much monetary and fiscal stimulus, uh, out, out, out in the, in the global economy and particularly in, uh, in, in North America and, and Europe, uh, or, or are the markets just looking so far out and just bypassing all of this uh, next wave or, or continuation of the first wave we're seeing? Or are they just too optimistic in your view? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of the reasons you've given are, are, are pretty valid explanations, at least whether they, they completely hold water or not. You're, you're certainly right. Markets are forward looking. 2020 is a disaster. 2021 won't be normal. But, gee, you know, if you own a stock, you're owning the earnings also in 2022 and 2023 and the year 3000, if, if you care about that. And so uh, when you tally all of that uh, and, and do a present value calculation, you can argue stocks didn't have to go down a ton. In response to this, um, you know, similarly, it's the case in a very low interest rate world. You could argue the bond market's almost hard to invest in to some extent, and so a lot of people feeling they have to be in those risk assets like like equities or like credit and this kind of thing. And so I think those are valid reasons. Nevertheless, I'd be lying if I said I thought the stock market would be where it is right now, given the enormity of the COVID-19 impact. So it has been a, a more enthusiastic rebound than I would have expected. And as you likely know, in terms of our own tactical asset allocation, we are now positioned a bit more cautiously, not with any kind of magical foresight that the market has to go down. We don't know that. And markets usually go up not down, but maybe with less conviction that they're going to go up enthusiastically in the next year, just given some of the, the challenges that are afoot right now. And so I guess that's ultimately where we're, we're juggling things and leaving things right now. You know, if you are a medium or long run investor, this is not a, a bad place to be invested, I suspect. And, and most of us hopefully are in that position. Uh, it's hard to say with precision beyond that. I mean, the second wave, we think we know what's going on, but uh, there's no guarantees there. Uh, similarly, there are, we talk about second waves, there's also second round effects here, right? And so we know the economy is a whole lot better than it was a few months ago. Maybe half of the decline has been recovered in Canada and unfortunately now a little bit less than that in the US given recent developments. But you know, the other relevant consideration is that's still another month in which a restaurant is earning less money than normal, another month in which some workers are earning less. So there are some accruing problems out there and by no means does it assure disaster at all. Uh, but we were a little more cautiously positioned perhaps than we were a few months ago. Eric, uh, as always, excellent synopsis. And, uh, and once again, for, for anyone who's listening to this podcast regularly, strongly encourage you, uh, if you, if you are on Twitter, uh, to, to follow Eric and, uh, and also to, uh, to look up his longer form content, uh, if you want more details, because it's just fantastic work and it's, uh, always available on the RBC Global Asset Management website. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a more prolific economist in Canada. Uh, there probably is somewhere, but not one that I'm aware of. And I follow quite a few of them, uh, but I always never miss Eric's stuff. Eric, uh, thank you again for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you all.